We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to Light Years. We are recording this Thursday afternoon before the Lakers Suns game. So you will, you know, you can imagine us reacting to whatever weird officiating happens afterwards. But with that said, Andy, what's up, man? <laughs> what a day on the timeline. It does feel like I know the uh, the group chat you were saying should be changed from GSW postgame to something else, but it does feel like the Warriors played a game today. Uh, but before we before we get started, Sam, a few things few things um for new listeners and old listeners and all involved uh gs uh, light years podcast merch store is up um and we are giving out free shirts to uh, a couple of the premium listeners we given one out last time to uh people that are calling in via locker room we're doing it at 4 15 p.m right now on thursday evening ish so we gave a shirt out and then also, if you leave a review on the Apple podcast or wherever you listen to our pod, um, if you leave a review and rate five stars, we'll pick the best review and send out a free shirt as well. Um, KJS Strada uh, sent out a pretty sweet review of us. He's been listening to us since middle school, Sam. Now he's in college, which is insane. So um, we need, but we need, if, if you are him or her, you need to DM us, DM Light Years Pod, whatever it is. We got to get your for, size and address and all of that. So for next week's contest, do us a favor and sign your reviews with your Twitter apps. Yes. Yes. That yes. way we can just direct message who the best review for a free shirt. So we'll do it that way. You guys have until uh, next Wednesday or so. We'll give it a full week and then uh, we'll send another free shirt 
to um, to whoever gives us the best review. Make us laugh. Make it thoughtful. <laughs> make it something that isn't going to make our parents ashamed of us. Whatever. <laughs> got too much free stuff to give out. We got to figure out a way to do it. So we yeah, appreciate man, everyone listening. Been, you guys have been loyal all year. It took us a little longer. We wanted to get the shirts yeah. up. But they're, they're up and running. Check it out. Feedback's always welcome, too, by the way. Um, with that said, let's get the show started. Yep. So... I wanted to discuss kind of the Celtics with making the change and kind of how that like we need to be aware that the that could be the Warriors future if they don't start making changes in the way that they do stuff and not just assume they're always light years ahead of everyone. But Steve Kerr came out today on friend of the show, Tim Kawakami's podcast. And mentioned one thing I found pretty interesting. He said there's going to be changes to the coaching staff. So is this the Warriors starting to be aware that maybe what was working five, six years ago, maybe it's getting a little stale. Maybe it's time to inject some new lifeblood into it. Where are you at, Andy? Yeah, I. so the, the Celtics stuff, I think, stems from the fact that you feel, and I think a lot of people feel that, uh, the Celtics, they, they valued what their organization did, coaching staff, players, et cetera, and, and value picks, right? Stuff like Over, that. And weren't ever willing to really ch- overvalued them. That's what, I, yeah, to, to a point where maybe it was detrimental to the team and kind of now they're in a mess right now. Now, now Brad Stevens in the front office with zero experience really in it with anything re- revolving around front office. They don't have a coach. They have uh, really expensive players on their team that you kind of can't move. Uh, and you kind of need to move those guys. If you move those guys, you need to attach picks, right? All this kind of familiar. It's kind of familiar, right? To, to... And I think the <laughs> and I think the other way it's familiar is it's easy to make fun of Ainge. And believe me, we like the jokes as much as anyone. But like, they did build a title team. Like he took over in '04. They win that title in '08. They have a nice little team. It gets old, and they try to pivot and. It felt like at one point maybe they were gonna, you know, become a, cont- but it just never happened. Right? They, they just were supposed to got- be. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and we can go through every move. It's not a direct parallel, but the thing that it reminds me of is like a lot of the Warriors brass is saying we've done this before. You can trust us to do it again, and it's not always that easy. It's not that Danny Ainge is a bad executive or Brad Stevens is a bad coach, but sometimes things run their course if you don't interject enough change into it because that whole like asset mindset it worked for them 10 to 15 years ago but it might have cost them a chance to get back into contention like what worked for them in 08 might not work for them might not have worked for them as well uh in 2018-19 and you know what when you make those mistakes now you're where they are which is like capped out decidedly in the middle yeah, yeah. And I saw the report where Brad Stevens is saying he's kind of worn down or something. And I'm like, isn't he like 28 years old? How the hell is he worn down as a head coach? That makes no sense. Um, so I, I think now the similar the similarities do kind of end, I think, when you think about uh I think the, the Celtics got a little little unlucky with the Kyrie Irving situation, right? Like this is the thing, like this is the difference between having Kyrie yeah, and like Kyrie's Steph. not Steph Curry. Yeah, right. First of all, like he's not as good. Second of all, he's just not a very good off-court leader in terms of like as a as a team guy, right? He's off the court socially like he probably is but in terms of like leading a team an organization and a franchise not really your guy you want like i'd rather have james harden damn near um and so uh, the warriors have a gift 
they 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 have Steph Curry. He was here before the organization started. And I think that's where it comes to um that's where this conversation revolves around is that they still have Steph Curry. Uh he's still really good. Now it's like what do you do? Cuz with the Celtics like they they had Kyrie, they lose him. Uh and it all kind of goes to crap. They don't really have someone like that um af- after like Kemba is kind of that maybe but not really. The Warriors they still have they still could have Steph. <laughs> Fingers crossed presumably for the next 4 or 5 years. Um, it's how they capitalize on that, right? I guess the head coaching stuff is is interesting. Like, what do you think that means? Do you think that means that just Ron Adams is gone and they need someone? Or do you think that means they need someone to kind of challenge what what the ways, like what Steve Kerr is at this point in this age? Because I don't know. Those are two entirely different things. I think it's I think it's a little bit of everything. I think Steve Kerr talked about it getting stale. Um I think we've seen that with a lot of teams. I think that's just also the life of it. I I think they want to move to being a little more cutting edge, bring in some new minds who might challenge Steve and bring new tactical ideas, not change their identity, but make some subtle changes. We also know they hired a ton of development coaches, right? Yes. But it doesn't feel like it's streamlined to take it to another Bay Area team analogy, the San Francisco Giants hired a million development coaches. Andy's one of their development coaches for all I know, you know, but they have a very clear streamlined vision from top to bottom of what they want to do with players. With the Warriors, it always felt like this year that like front office wanted to do one thing. Coaching staff wanted to do another thing. Steph Curry wanted to do another thing. Draymond Green wanted to do another thing. It didn't feel like they were all on the same page. It didn't. It never felt like it was like a, you know, combustible, like toxic situation. But it felt like there was competing, you know, what are we doing with James Wiseman? What is the plan with him? What is the plan with Jordan Poole? What is the plan to make this fit together around Steph Curry, who's still one of the best players in the league? Uh, I think a lot of what Steve was alluding to might actually be bringing in younger, fresher coaches who might have differing ideas on how to implement some new ideas to kind of bring the Warriors up to speed and bring them into this next iteration. Because the reality is, like, they're not going to get another Iguodala. They're not going to get another Livingston. They're not going to get another Bogut. Like, Players in 2021 just don't play that way, period. So there has to be some nuance and change to it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that was the the what I was going to say is they don't seem like they agreed on how they wanted to develop the players or the play style that they wanted to play. Like that's that's the big thing where like, do we even know if Steve Kerr wanted to start James Wiseman to start the season? Right. Do we even know that? Uh, that he thought Jordan Poole was going to be a very, very good player? Like we don't we don't know because it doesn't seem like they do. Um, which is it's good and bad. Maybe they 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 disagree. We were literally on the other hand asking them for new coaches so they can disagree with Steve Kerr. But at the end of the day, you want them everyone to be relatively aligned with with how you want to develop players. Like that's the thing. Like James Wiseman, should he or shouldn't be? Should he should he or shouldn't be shooting threes? Like that that's one thing. Right. Because it certainly seemed like he was start the season, and then we never saw him shoot a three again after the first five games. So it's like, what are we doing there? Like it's very simple stuff. That you can just watch and 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 now here's the here's the new um Sam the new the new line is that you know James Wiseman if he's going to be on the team next season is is going to be coming off the bench and playing spot minutes like, and, and honestly like that's what he should have been doing last season 
Like they they built him up and and they built him up to be a guy that can lead them to a playoff seating, and that's unfair to the kid. And and like it makes doesn't make more sense to and they didn't have and they didn't really have a plan for him. They just kind of threw him out there and crazy. Like, figure it, figure He's not LeBron, yeah. Just and it's like he needed when people talk about developing and contending the. The example everyone goes to is the Spurs, right? And I think people often forget Kawhi's first two years on the Spurs, stand in the corner, shoot threes, and defend. That's it. They didn't ask him to dribble. They didn't ask him to create for others. They gave him the most simplified role ever, and he exceeded at it, and then it slowly expanded. Even the Celtics, who had a rookie Tatum starting next to Kyrie and Horford and Hayward for a game before he broke his ankle and Dwight Howard tweeted, you know, Lord save him or whatever Dwight Howard said. Um, He uh, with Tatum that first year, he was just a three and D guy. And everyone was like kind of marveling at the fact that he could shoot threes because we didn't really know that's who he was in college. Right. It was, they put young guys on good teams in very small roles where it's like master the basics here. And then we will expand your role as it's clear you're kind of too good to be just a, you know, a three and D guy. And those are like the subtle nuances that the Warriors did not do this year that I think really hurt them. I think James Wiseman probably doesn't go through what looks like an anxiety attack midseason because nothing's working. Um, if he's given an easier runway where they're asking him, Hey man, just come off the bench, dive off the pick and roll, set a screen, dunk block shots, and just do that. Just be the best player who does that. And then we'll worry about the rest later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the Niners throwing in Trey Lance if he's not ready? Right. Like, what are we doing there? Like if he's not, and that that's the starting, starting quarterback of your, of your future really for the next 10 years, which is what, what, James Wiseman kind of was was we were told was going to be right. He's the face for the next ten years. You, know, you don't take a guy at number two overall if you don't think he has the talent to be the face. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he might he might be, but it's like you got if you throw him out there, damn, like protect the kid a little bit. Like Trey Lance is gonna, I guarantee you, Trey Lance is not going out there and throwing fifty yard bombs on the first play of the game, like under duress behind a no. behind a sham, O line in shambles, right? And if like that's not happening. Because you want him to look good, he's the number three pick, and like e- even so, he was. You know, you traded three first for him, so um, I'm with you. I'm with it. Hey, how about this? Let's pivot this a little bit because it, it's kind of on the same path. Draymond's quotes yesterday. Um, he talked about the Washington Wizards not being not. They shouldn't put two lottery picks next to two all stars. All stars being Russ and Beal. Um, Warriors fans thought that meant that the Warriors front office shouldn't put two lottery picks in front of their two or three all-stars. Uh, did you think that was uh dream on having fun, Sam, or, or did you think that was uh <laughs> nothing to nothing to see? Draymond's too smart. That was a subtle jab. I don't know that like Draymond's at a like trade them all or I'm out with a trade demand level, but he definitely He's he's from the uh, the clutch school of public relations. He knew how people would take him saying that. Like, I just refuse to believe that wasn't a subtle, subtle jab to the Warriors, which was like, if you want us to compete, 
I need more players who are around my age, less players who are around my child's age, you know, like that sort of thing. So I thought it was, I thought it was subtle. I think one thing warrior fans can feel good about is for as frustrating as everything's been, Steph and Draymond have generally played the good soldier publicly. You know, I, I have no reason to believe they aren't kind of putting a little more pressure behind the scenes, but they're not trying to make the whole thing toxic with like a public display of, um, you know, discontent because they know if they do that, it just makes it harder for the Warriors to acquire anyone. Yeah. I think, I think they're, they're relatively smart about that. I think uh, Clay probably doesn't really, really care. I think Clay's thing is he just wants to be back on the court. Um, Clay probably is the one guy that feels like, you know, if you run this team pack and put me on, we can win a championship. I mean, Clay's, I you can't imagine I mean? sitting two full seasons out. Like right now, all Clay wants to do is play two back-to-back games without a setback. The, and the la- I can't yeah. him for that either. The last time he was on the court, he was like, yo, we were going to win. the. We were in the title. Like we're in game six. Yeah. We were about to win. You put us in a game seven in Toronto. We we're going to win that thing. Like that was the last game that Clay Thompson played. Uh, since then, Steph has been out for an entire season, right? And Draymond has, was literally, he was the leader of a 15-win team. Like that, that's... That's how much those two guys, like Steph and Draymond, have been through so much in these two seasons. Not to say that Clay hasn't, but just from a playing perspective, that uh, that I think Steph and Draymond are probably the guys that's the most vocal, saying like, "Hey, you got to figure this out." And 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 you know, I don't know if they're saying like you got to trade James Wiseman. I don't think that's the case. I really think that these guys are probably content with, "Hey, trade the picks, pick up some veteran guys as free agents with with whatever that you can." And let's run this thing. Like, I don't think they're asking for monumental changes out there. That That's the crazy part. I don't think we're. No, I, just, I think, I think, the, yeah, I I think their think perspective is, I think their perspective is mostly like, if we can get someone of Bradley Beal's caliber, don't hold it up over the 19 year old kid. You know, like that's, they're not like actively. Cause right. I mean, you even see it like Steph and Draymond are trying to build up Wiseman's confidence. I'm sure they believe in him. But both things can be true. You can believe in a young player and also be like, man, I only got three, four more years left in me. Uh, if he has to be traded somewhere else, so be it, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. how I view that whole thing. Um, I want to bring one other point up before we open this to callers. And that is that they seem to be playing more and more coy. Uh, Draymond kind of with his comments on inside the NBA, he, you know, he is being a little more coy Steph, knowing the cameras are on him joking about like when someone's like come to the Lakers, he's like, I don't know, man, looks like the Suns are the better option for me now or something like that. You know, it's a lot of, um, it's stuff we haven't seen them do in the past. And I do think it's a little bit on purpose to just kind of add a little pressure. Yeah, man, you see, you, you start to watch your own, uh, at least not real life mortality, but your basketball playing career mortality. Uh, and you're like, Hey, Steph is Steph and Joe probably okay with this at 26. But again, these issues didn't present himself at 26. Um, but now that you're, you're in your early thirties, even mid thirties, you're like, I, you know, I don't got, I don't got time for this shit. <laughs> I don't got time for this. I don't need uh, Joe Lake up coming out here and saying, you know, as you get older, you get worse. You know, Joe Montana didn't finish his career as a Niner. It's like, what, we're not we're not doing this, right? Shout, uh, shout, out, shout out to Tommy pulling that clip from six months ago. Really incredible stuff. People are really, they got nothing to do. 
on a Thursday afternoon. I don't know why June. Joe Lake. I, I mean, I have an idea why Joe Lake said that, <laughs> but it's just not a good one. It's like he's clearly trying to negotiate a little bit, but it's yeah, that wasn't that wasn't it, his best hour. It's it's like if you're working for a startup. Mm-hmm. series a and you're negotiating with google and it's like your first ever company and and you're negotiating you're playing hardball with uh with google it's like I, what are we doing here just get the name brand like you and you and i you and i both know like get the name brand get google in there put them on your website it's not about the money it's about the brand of google on your website as a series a company that's gonna it's gonna get you series b and for the words in this case it's like what are we doing here you know you need steph curry what are you gonna do not pay him like, is that, are you trying to save $5 million a year? Is that, is that what's going on? Like, what are you doing? There's, there's no positive that comes out of that. Now, if he's negotiating with Kavon Looney, by all means. Like, by all means. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, don't really, I don't really want to talk about it too much because it was from like six, seven months ago. But it's just, it's one of those things where I totally get why everyone is kind of annoyed when they see that because we saw how the season played timing. out. Yeah, it's good like, that was in That was in January. You know, it, it it just it gets back to the same point. I don't think the Warriors felt a lot of urgency this season to do anything. And they would tell you the pandemic threw everything off. And it's not wrong because I think sometimes it's easy to forget that they couldn't even have players at Chase practicing before camp opened. Like the city of San Francisco wouldn't let them run a practice. So some of that stuff puts like the coaching staff at a detriment. But on the other hand, they did just kind of let the year play out in a very uninspired fashion. And now they have to do something this offseason to put a team that can credibly compete. Because if we have one take from this playoffs, it's Brooklyn looks like a juggernaut. I'm not sure anyone else is more than one move away from you being able to compete with them, really. Like, the L.A. teams, I agree. Denver, all these teams, they are good. They have a higher floor than what the Warriors have. But I don't think you're closer to competing with them than you think. I agree. So I agree. Real sports fans love fantasy sports. But unfortunately, most fantasy sports platforms don't show that same love back, favoring the Sharks and professionals over the casual fans. Super draft. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fantasy Sports is here to change that narrative with their new single game featured Champion Mode Contest. 
Focus on drafting the players you know from the games that matter to you with no salary cap considerations when determining your lineup. Superdraft believes that the players, not the pros, deserve to win money and they have the highest player win percentage in DFS to prove it. Sign up with Superdraft today, start playing and win big. New players can use the code STEPHBETTER upon sign up and receive a $25 instant match on your first deposit. Also, don't miss out on their free to play sports book available in all 50 states to win prizes from a VIP stay at a Caesars Hotel property to a PlayStation 5. Superdraft is available on both iOS and Android devices. Promo code Steph Better. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Should we take Should we take some calls? Watch Tim Hardaway win a playoff game last night. But yeah, let's take some calls. Ryan, what's up, man? Nothing much. Um, have my last paper due. Working on that. Just wanted to take some time. Call in. <laughs> Good luck, man. Good yeah, luck. I used, um, I used to write papers for money in college, so if you need some help. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, nah, shouldn't, um, I shouldn't be in the public, but anyway, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to provide some pushback on the Celtics comp and say it's more 05 to 07 Lakers. The reason being, A, the Celtics timeline at the time they were in a full-fledged rebuild. They weren't playing a both-sides thing, unlike the Lakers who were doing the 05 to 7, oh, we have Kobe, but we also have this young idiot center, kind of like the one we have. <laughs> yeah, um, shout out Andrew Bynum. Yeah, point. And, and also, going through the Celtics moves, they made risks. I'll, I'll, I'll list some of them. A, they traded for Isaiah Thomas. Then they tried to maximize Isaiah Thomas's value by trading for Kyrie. They traded a Brooklyn pick in that trade, and that sort of blew up in their face. And let's not forget, Tatum was a risky pick. They traded down from one to three to get Tatum. They got the Sacramento pick in that trade, and this is where Ainge went wrong. He didn't trade that Sacramento pick that everyone thought would be a potential top five pick, and it ended up being the 13th pick, and that's where it went wrong. Ainge did Shout make Romeo Langford. Yeah, Ainge did make risks during his time as Celtics GM. It's just they somehow all blew up in their face. We haven't even had a risk to make. The risk would have been taking LaMelo Ball over James Wiseman. We didn't do that. We take the conventional safe pick. That is a that is a good point, Ryan. Appreciate the call. I didn't think about it that way. Okay, I do agree with him. The best analogy for the Warriors is kind of the Lakers in that in-between period after Shaq left. but. 
before they got pal where you're just like, what are you, what are we doing here? Um, but, but that is a point, like somewhat, they've been kind of gun shy, right, Andy? Yeah. I think the, um, the, are you talking about they being the Warriors or, or the, yeah, sorry, the The Warriors have been gun shy since yeah, Katie yeah. left and Clay got hurt. And we've kind of had this weird two year spell. Yeah, um, I think there is one. The the part where I push back is they do have a shot this offseason to reverse that. Um, and I think they would make the argument, whether it's fair or not, right? I, I disagree. Uh, is that what are you going to do if Clay's going to be out? You're not, maybe there's like a not a real, real title shot. So you push all your chips in this offseason to make those moves. That, that's the stated uh, propaganda that they give out. And so then you figure that out this offseason. That's my thing. Then you push all those chips in this offseason. If I see Davion Mitchell and Corey Kispert on the team, Sam, next season, if I see those guys on the team next season, I will. I mean, if they think those, if they pick either of those players, (laughs) if. (sighs) No, I mean, you're not a fan of either of those, but that's not the point. The point is, I get what what you're saying. It's like, for me, that would be doubly. Not only did they go two rookies, (laughs) but they took like the most low upside 23 year old. You could see it though. Like that's the thing. Like, hey, those guys are older. Maybe they're ready to contribute. You know what I mean? Like, those would be <laughs> such. Those would be such um, Cohan era picks. You know. Uh, uh, but I. But like. But that. That's the point. They. They do. He. He mentioned the Sacramento pick and trading that pick. That's a good kind of comparison to to the Minnesota pick right now, right? Let's say the Warriors. Let's say even it becomes unprotected, or for some reason, in my opinion, it becomes unprotected. I'm trading that thing so fast. Like, oh, that is just, that is perfect. And you don't know, maybe Minnesota's good next season. But, hey, there's a shot that people think that that could be a top five pick next season. And you're like, oh, that's yeah, out I would of my tra- hands. You know I what I mean? I would trade it because oh, oh. I think, I, I just don't think Cat's going to miss two-thirds of the season again. Right, like, just right. odds aren't. And then they're just going to probably be mediocre, and that pick will be mediocre. And <laughs> you'll just get another, you know, number 12 overall pick or something which is like this season like they're gonna get 14 and 6 right or, or something like that so i think but they have a they have a good chance at it i think it's like they have a good chance at cashing those in um for something it's you're not getting ben simmons but you can get something for those guys and they got to figure that out like i just saw miles turner on my timeline today is being shot and whether that's real or not but it's like i don't think indiana is willing to talk shop you know what i mean like maybe it doesn't get it done but like you got to find out you got to find out Yep. Cameron, what's up, man? Yo, uh, I, I just wanted to say that I think, uh, you know, maybe the Warriors should package, you know, Wiseman. As as bad as it sounds, maybe should, they should package Wiseman with, you know, their two picks and maybe try to try to get something, you know, this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Cameron, appreciate the call in. I mean, that's the that's the question right now is what can they get for it and is it worth it? So I don't know. I, Andy, we've talked about this a lot. We talked about the same names. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Yeah. Let's 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 see if Jake's available here. Jake, you there? Turn off your mute button, Jake, if you want to hmm. speak. I think another while he gets ready to go here. Ah uh, yes, we can hear you. There you are. Sorry about that. There we go. Okay, so I just had a question about our assets. I wanted you guys to rank these three assets in our minds as Warriors fans and as GMs of other teams in the leagues, which is Wiseman, Poole, and the Minnesota pick if it conveys at four or five. Oh, great question. Okay, okay, so 
I think um, it can only convert to four. It can only convert to four. So he's saying if it converts to four or five. Right. So in other words, they move up a little bit. So oh, okay, it can't words, be five. five. Yeah, yeah, but yes, yes. I, I would think the Wolves' pick would be number one if it if it moves into the top four. Uh, we know that NBA teams view uh, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Suggs as potential franchise players. So if you have a shot at that. Um, there's going to be some team who's in love with one of those players. I would probably say Wiseman is number two, even though he had a disappointing rookie year. Um, he's still got a ton of talent, and there's still a lot of teams who are high on him. And then lastly, Jordan Poole. I actually think Poole is going to be pretty good. He is good, but I would just say other teams are going to value the high picks more. Yes, one, two, three in that order. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a, a, a. I don't think there's much argument for room for argument there. Um, Jalen Green would have been the number one pick this year, last season, uh, and so that's that's a move that if they get the fourth pick, it it will be extreme. Like all trade talks are open. Like that is they are canvassing the entire league and saying, do you guys want one of the most athletic, talented players that we've seen in the draft come out in the last few seasons? Right. Like that is a massive, massive, uh, I guess, quote unquote, asset uh, if that goes at one. And then Wiseman. Uh, yeah, uh, he's as talented. I think the last question was we can get for him. We don't know, but he's talented. He's tall. He can shoot. Like there's enough there. We're watching DeAndre Ayton, I think, is is a comp where he's not the same type of player, but three years into his career, pretty decent impact in the postseason series. Pretty decent. Yeah, and Aiden's so doing, Aiden's playing a lot better than I ever thought he would. Ever. Uh, in this in this series anyway. And then like kudos um, to Chris Paul too. Like I think that's a that's such a huge part of it. And their coaching staff, Monty Williams, but I mean, like that, that's just, that's only three years, Sam. Like that that's a pretty damn good player. Now like his upside might not be that high, but but like you can you can convince Toronto. Toronto can convince themselves. But yes, one, two, three in that order. I think pretty easy. I think the Warriors probably value Wiseman higher than that pick. Um, but potentially that might be more about the fact that Wiseman just has lower value around the league. Like they're not they're they I don't think they want to trade Wiseman for um Marcus Smart. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like someone who's yeah. like a good player who's going to make you better next year, but there's no real upside. Like Marcus Smart is what he is. He's not like next year coming back at 25 point. Per no percent. chance. Yeah. No chance they're making that move, even if you feel like they should. No. All right. Alex, what's up, man? So I have a contrarian take, but I just want to throw one thing in there. At this point, do you guys think it's a foregone conclusion that Iguodala is coming back if he's willing to take the minimum? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 So my contrarian take then is I actually think in a weird way, the worst thing that could happen for this team's chances next season is if by like the, you know, the whatever small percentage chance that it is there, the Warriors pick at 14 flips into the top four without whatever happens with Minnesota. I think that would be way too tempting for them to take the player instead of using that as an asset. I don't even, I mean, any of those guys could be incredible basketball players, but I don't think they'll be, you know, helping this team win a title next season. And if you want to make moves to try to be better for next season, if you even if you land as high as one and can get a Cunningham, I don't think Cunningham is the difference between you oh, winning see, a title I, next year. I can I, you know? I mean, I was telling Andy this. Uh, if they somehow won the lottery and they got Cade, I don't think I could trade him. 
right. I'm that high on him. I think he could actually help them next year too, but it's not going to happen. So point point nine percent point nine percent. I thought it was lower but than point nine. <laughs> but even if they, I mean, if they flip their own pick into the top four, unless Minnesota's up there, that means they'll have two picks in the top eight, right? I. I think my expectation is that they're not going to trade both of their lottery picks, no matter where they end up. They'll trade the higher one to try to get a better asset back and then use the lower one to try to help their depth. But I feel like it would be a weird, like, you know, they clearly are trying to do both win in the present and win in the future. And if they flip their pick, that's supposed to be 14 into the top four, that's going to really like put them in like a handy, they're going to be at a crossroads that they already are clearly around. Well, well, if you do believe that there is some level of analogy, by the way, Alex, appreciate the call between them and the Celtics. The one thing I will say that's going to be tough and the Warriors are going to have to deal with this. Everyone knows they want to make a trade because Steph is 33 and just came off of basically an MVP caliber year. That means teams are going to try to, they might have to overpay is what I'm getting at. They may have to overpay in terms of picks. The thing that the Celtics were never willing to do, Ainge would always make excuses saying they wanted too many lottery, like they wanted too many lottery picks from us for that player. The Warriors might have to deal with that sort of situation because teams think they can leverage them. And that's something they're going to have to get come to acceptance with. Yeah, and I think that also kind of you're cutting, you're giving the Warriors front office a little bit too much. Uh, you're either not giving them enough credit or you're cutting them too much slack. Because if if you're if that tough decision is not a good thing for you, then you shouldn't be. You shouldn't have that job. You should always want more things. You should always want better picks. You should always want better players. If you feel that that puts them into a conundrum where they can't decide, your job is to decide. <laughs> your job, Kirk Kent. Steve, Bob, Joe, like your job is to, and let's not forget Mike Dunleavy, figure it out, right? If you have the fourth and eighth pick, figure it out. Like, I, I don't care. It's better to have the fourth, fourth pick than the 14th, objectively. So you figure out what to do with that. What I would do, trade that baby. Like, get Steph a player. Get Draymond a yeah, player. Yeah, but you're not, you're not. You, my point is, if everyone knows they want to trade it, they're going to have, they're going to say, give us more. Or we're not going to give it to you. Well, yeah. I, I guess I was answering what Alex was saying because he because oh, yeah, he's because yeah, yeah. he's okay. saying they're confused. But yeah, I, I, I that's a thing. That's like price of doing business for me is saying like okay, you've got to overpay, you overpay. Like end of the day, like you, if you feel like your ego requires you to feel like feel like you've won the deal, which is like you what you've always said. Like some of these guys, they feel like you need to win the deal. I just, I don't know what to tell you. Like you're gonna end up losing games. Like, it's not about the deal anymore, right? Like uh uh. You're just gonna have you. You sometimes you're gonna have to eat it. Maybe you have to give up an extra, extra second rounder or something like that to get uh, Pascal Siakam. Maybe you're just gonna have to. But I don't know. You gotta get these guys some players, man. Agreed. All right. Uh, Jordan. Jordan, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Good. What's up? Um, I kind of wanted to echo what Andy just said, actually. Um, I feel like you, if you have to overpay and go for it, what, what better time to do it than now? Um, I saw the Celtics go out, go past so many deals and have all the excuses. And, uh, you know, the Giants went for it one year with Beltran. It didn't work out. But, you know, I applauded them for trying it at least. 
Uh, that's that's yep. pretty much all my thoughts. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, I like the Beltron one. Yeah, that was with Buster going down. And and they made the move for Beltron. It didn't work out. It's because Beltron was awful. Uh, and a Giants uni. But I like World Series the following year. Yes, sir. And then another one. Three, baby. Three. Uh, but like Emmanuel no, I Sanders. said Beltron won at World oh. Series like the following 2013. Oh. Uh, sorry. Anyway, 30. that's neither here. That's neither neither here nor there. With the, 30, with the 12. Oh, two years later. Okay, got it. Right, right, right. right. That anyway. was my that was my problem. <laughs> uh, well, like I Manny Manny Sanders, right? The the Niners traded for him. Like he was a really integral piece to that team. They traded a second or third, I believe, uh, for him. So yeah, I you got overpay. You gotta you gotta just gotta get guys, man. Gotta get guys. Fair enough. All right, we're gonna do two more, and then we're gonna we call it day. All right, Chick, what's up, man? Get LeBron. Yeah, that's a good one. There we Antonio, go. what's up, man? Hello, can you hear me? There we go. Yeah, we can hear you. What's up, man? All right, um, what's up, guys? So I don't know if it's a little too early because you know the playoffs are starting and stuff, but I've just been kind of looking at the mock so far. I'm expecting them to maybe keep the 14th. I personally, just as a fan, I'd like if they kept that pick just because I could go deep into like who I want. Uh, I've been doing a little research so far, but so far, do you guys know who you, because I, I see like the talent pool is kind of like from six to like 15. They're all kind of the same level talent. So guys could drop off um, maybe more than you would think, but they're all like in the same level. Is there some guys that you would like really want if they were to keep the 14th pick and then some guys you would definitely not want at all? This is a great question, Antonio. So there's like a lot of interesting players. I, I run through the same issue. I want them to compete next year, but I love the draft. Every year I'm like in the deep draft pool, talking myself into players. Um, let's see. Who do I like who is available in that 12 to 15 range? Honestly, I'm big on Fran- Franz Wagner. I think he's going to be excellent. Um, who else do I like? I'm kind of also into Jaden Springer. But all these guys, like, I'm I'm okay with the Warriors taking them if they find veteran players to go around them. That's my whole thing. I have no takes on who the Warriors should get with that pick, um, like uh, how I was last season. So I will I will leave it there. I do not even want to think about the Warriors taking a player that is not ready to play basketball with Steph. Um, but hey, you know, I, I liked... I, I enjoyed Patrick McCall when the Warriors were very good because that was someone you could you could root for and would develop. I enjoyed really anybody that the Warriors – like Diagu, I enjoyed when the Warriors were terrible because, you know, what else were you supposed to root for? But I mean, that, this is a th- different level now. now. Now it's like, I, I, you know what? Unless you tell me, you know, Franz Wagner or whoever the hell that guy is can can go out there and play real basketball. Say, man, kind of don't give a shit. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, I sorry think to, sorry to ruin could, the mood. I think there are a bunch of guys who could contribute in a smaller role for the Warriors next year. Like the fundamental issue they ran into this year was they had like ten of those guys. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't need ten projects. You can put one more project and Wiseman in the rotation at the back half bit. I don't need those two plus. Nico Mannion plus, uh, you know, Eric Pascal plus Smiley each plus like all these different projects that so it's, it's neither first nor second. There's interesting young projects to take every year, do a better job of finding them and get some veterans in there too. Yes, sir. All right, sir. We're going to end it here. We appreciate everyone who checked this out. This will be up in pod form tomorrow.